0: As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills.
1: The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is.
0: Learn more at meta.com
2: slash metaverse impact.
3: You are listening to the free version of the Sun Ranto show. Uh, This one's brought to you by our new sponsor, my bookie. And, uh, they uh, they wrote something for me to say about uh, how I have people ask me for gambling advice. Well, you know what? They don't ask me for gambling advice because they know I'm really bad with numbers. But uh, that's why Lyle is usually the person that uh, advertises my bookie. It's already happened one time, which is now usually. But today, Michael's here, and he's got something very interesting about uh, somebody that gambled
1: and won. Yeah, so... Uh it's Sunday, it's Masters Sunday, and Tiger Woods won today. And there's all these stories now about a guy who bet eighty five thousand dollars and won one point one six million dollars by betting on Tiger Woods. He's rich.
3: Yeah, well, he's rich. Well, he now, was r- he was rich before if he bet eighty nine thousand dollars. <laughs>
1: like Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's if you've got, got eighty five grand to bet yeah. on those odds, like then go for it. Well but each- most of us do don't have that option, Danny. So no. we go to something like mybookie.com yeah. and they're no, gonna it's, give it's not, us it's money. Not, it's
3: not even dot to- com. It's A G, which I'd never heard of before. Oh, but my, my bookie has got a G. And uh, and here's and if you have a thousand bucks, well then I I'd still consider you rich if you have thousand dollars to go gambling with. But if you enter the promo code ranto. They'll give you a thousand bucks to gamble with.
1: Yeah, that's R A N T O. Enter that promo code. You put in a thousand into your account. They give you a thousand. And then your account has $2,000 to which you can bet on whatever you want. Like maybe you want to bet on the Cubs winning the World Series. I wouldn't do that.
3: <laughs> I would not bet on the Cubs winning the world, and don't put all two grand towards it either, or even ten bucks, you know. But uh, but yeah, sign up for my mybookie.ag,
1: uh, and uh, if you yeah, that's mybookie.ag. You already said if, that. Yeah, but if you give them a, th- you know, give them, you don't have to give them a thousand bucks. Give them a hundred bucks, they'll give you a hundred bucks. They'll yeah. just match you dollar for dollar up to one thousand dollars. You're laying it on thick. So that's <laughs> basically well, hey, I'm trying to get free money for our listeners if they go to do this.
3: Yeah. Well, okay. Well, if you never want to hear us talk about this again, you could always subscribe to us at Patreon.com/sunranto a dollar a month. And uh, we cut out all the ads. But uh, here's the show.
2: Cubby blue blood flowing through our veins. Sitting in the bleachers in the rain. We've shed a million tears and drank as many old-style beers out at the game. Let's go, Cubbies on rental. Michael Cotton!
3: That was that Yeah, was that was that sounded like cathartic. That was like a Yoko Ono primal scream therapy from 1973.
1: <laughs> it's exactly what that was. I was channeling Yoko Ono for sure. Yeah. Which is why Lyle's not here. Because uh because you broke up the podcast. <laughs> Just like Yoko broke up the Beatles. I broke up the podcast. So for people who don't realize what's going on. Um, Lyle and I hate each other now And so Danny and Lyle are doing like Wednesday Shows by themselves And on Sundays it's going to be Me and Danny because Lyle and I Can't we we can't share The internet now how did I End up the Ringo of the group (laughs) The guy that'll work with
3: anybody You know what I mean I'm like oh well I guess I'll go over here and do Paul's Album oh I guess I'll go over Here and do George's album And then you know, I'll do hero, heroin with John.
1: Party. Well, because you're the one trying to make this thing happen, and you need somebody to talk to. You. So that's where Lyle and I came in. It's true. I'll talk but, to anybody.
3: Sometimes but, you. Sometimes I have neither of you. I even did a show by myself one time. Yeah, and, and how'd that go? Terribly. Everybody. Yeah, it was like everybody. Minutes. <laughs> everybody made fun of me. <laughs> so, well, welcome to the Sun Ranto Show. I am Danny Rocket. I am one of the hosts of this podcast, and uh, Michael Cotton is here. How are you, Michael? How was the snowboarding this weekend? How was uh, the snowboard- powder?
1: <laughs> is that what? how they say it? How was the
3: powder? Oh, the powder was Dude.
1: excellent. Oh, my God. It was uh, it was a great day. Were you, Man, were you gleaming the cube? All day. Was it all Was I gleaming the cube? I was not gleaming the cube. I was chewing the pow, face planting and bouncing. No, I actually, my, my kids actually finally got good enough that they can ride with me when I'm doing all the stuff that I kind of want to do, but I haven't done it in a long time. You mean like flips so, with, like, a yeah, hang Yeah, so glider. I was, like, trying to do jumps and shit, and uh, apparently I got older since the last time that I've done those. Yeah, you because can't jump. today I fucking kill. I, I hurt so bad. Uh, I had a couple of good, but luckily powder, so soft, it's nice, you know, and it's funny because like you do a big face plant and it's like a, a Bugs Bunny hole right in the snow. It's perfect. So how, how deep is the snow up there? Uh, I mean, well, it, it depends on how you're figuring it. They've had over 400 inches of snow this year, but oh. obviously it's not 400. It's probably <laughs> I would guess from mountain to where you ski is a good, you know, maybe five feet. Six oh my God. High. I have no idea. But so, then the so, stuff on top that you go through, like the powder yesterday was, uh, was about three to five inches of powder, which is fucking excellent. It's like just over your boots and stuff. And you can, you know, ride on that. It's like gliding on clouds. It's awesome. Ooh, cloud gliding cloud. gliding. Yeah.
3: That's kind of what it feels like to be a Cubs fan. <laughs> just gliding through clouds,
1: just gliding through clouds thinking, man, this season's going great. Everything's OK. And then Kyle Schwarber gets rung up on a fucking shit call and then everybody loses their goddamn mind. Yeah. So I, miss- I missed that yesterday.
3: Yeah. Well, good. <laughs> I mean, that that was kind of, it was a kind of an interesting game just because it was an interesting game. It was entertaining to watch. There was lots of drama in it, but uh, yeah, the way it ended just felt like a big letdown and total bullshit. And then today, you know, it's snowing here in Chicago, so they canceled the game. And at, uh, at least they canceled it early.
1: At least they canceled it, or, it. I expected them to wait until fucking game time and make people wait. You well, know? they've got all those Wrigley statues to give out.
3: Uh, yeah. So I and but. It, And so they knew that people were going to come early. So they kind of had to call it early if unless they wanted to just give out those statues, then cancel the game. But like, it's crazy. You've got people coming into work, you know, but they've fucked it up so many times. The Cubs have screwed up the weather situation. And I don't know if it's even all on them because I think it's the umpires, it's major league baseball, and they're trying to get this in. I understand it's the angels and there's very few games that, could even be used for uh, the makeup game. One of them's this month, April 29th, Um, then June 3rd, uh, then the 26th of August, and uh, maybe September 23rd. But it's going to be a pain in the ass for the Angels to come back. I mean, it seems that at least every time that the Cubs and Angels have a mutual off day, that it's right when the Cubs are starting a homestand. So at least it won't be like the Cubs have to fly across the country to play one game at Wrigley and then take off again to like Texas or, you know.
1: Yeah. And hopefully they can work that out. Um, The people I really feel bad for are uh, all the people that wanted those statues because – Todd Rick is just threw all those fuckers away.
3: Yeah. Yeah. They're right. gone now. they That's the next <laughs> tragedy that goes. At every Somebody's going to take a picture of them in a dumpster and tweet that out. And it'll be like when they threw away the Ron Santos leg cake all over again. Yeah. Remember that? They're, I believe that's what happened is that they made a cake out of Ron Santos leg and then everybody ate. Half the people were disgusted and the cake didn't get eaten. And then they threw it in the dumpster.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, but this time they'll be smart about it. They won't throw it in the dumpster right outside of Wrigley. Uh, you know, they they put Todd in a truck and he drove it directly into the lake.
3: Yeah, yeah that, I mean that's how you dispose of things around Chicago. Just throw, <laughs>
1: just drive it into the lake, baby. Then it's gone. Nobody will hundred, ever see. It. A hundred years from now, they're going to find the wreckage of the Wrigley statue truck.
3: Yeah, and in uh, a folk singer in the future. We'll sing a song about it. The wreckage of the old Wrigley truck. <laughs> so it, it won't be a hit, though. It'll be played at coffee shops, and uh, about eight or nine people will hear it. So uh, I'm thinking we start the show with a little rakes, flakes, throws, and blows.
1: So how about?
0: So I picked up this rake at Home Depot.
1: Who rakes this week, Michael? Oh, my goodness. Uh, we're doing a double play. For Jason Hayward this week, he's back. I mean, because he's he has been break. hitting into double plays, so we we got to give him a double play. He's somehow. been
3: hitting in general. The man is hitting, like yeah, the he, he's hitting. He was hitting the ball hard at the beginning of the year, and even those double plays, he was hitting it hard. He wasn't rolling over like he was before, but yeah, there were quite a few double plays because he got the flakes week one or two or something
1: like that, right? Oh, he, uh, in that first week. He fucking grounded into five double plays. Yeah. Which is a lot, even for Jason Hayward, because as we noted then, like when we thought he was hitting into a lot of double plays, he was really only hitting into like 10 or 12.
3: Yeah. And now he had like uh, half a season's worth of double plays in a week.
1: Yep. And now he's got half a season's worth of home runs in the first two weeks. (laughs) Yeah. Is he, is he a Jekyll and Hyde this year? And remember, he made those weird
3: errors where the ball went under his glove earlier in the season. I was like, well, maybe now that his defense is bad, now his bat gets good.
1: And that's yeah. just how that works. Have you noticed every time he's like doesn't make a play on a ball, they're like, oh, the lights got in his eyes. Like, what the fuck? Did he get some sort of, like, glaucoma or some shit over the off season where any light within the vicinity of the ballpark will make him it's, not see the baseball?
3: It's ever since he was attacked by the bees. It <laughs> yes. made him sensitive to light, but, you know, it also uh, made, well... His wife will tell you he makes delicious honey, if you know what I mean. Dude,
1: did you see that news story that a woman was having pain in her eyes? Yeah. And she went imme- to the doctor and she had fucking bees, bees in her, her eyes. I know. I immediately thought of Jason Hayward, which is
3: what we're talking about here, is that <laughs> the problem with Jason Hayward in his eyes is that he has bees
1: in them. Yeah. Well, bees get some base hits because uh he he's cranking on. He had five hits he had five walks uh, with a homer. Uh, his OPS this week is at twelve nineteen, and on the season eleven sixty. Like, dude, and, and that's uh, forty at bats, which only Bryant Rizzo and Schwarber have more at bats on the team. So it's it's not like, yes, it is a small sample size, but in comparison to the rest of the team, he's fourth in at back. well the other so. thing
3: and we were talking about this in the bleachers the other day is that you know back in the day when even when he first came to the team everybody said that jason hayward is a slow starter we looked at his first half numbers we're like oh man he's gonna come on fire in july august and then it never happened and like that was the narrative for nobody a long realized
1: time. slow starter meant three years three
3: years yeah <laughs> now he's used to chicago finally and uh No, but so it's nice to see him just kind of coming out this way. And he kind of came out this way last year, too. If you remember, he was batting 300 for like a few months, maybe even. So,
1: yeah, he batted a couple of points above his average last year, I think. I think he was like two or three points above. What's
3: nice to see is the power. And that's what you're hoping is going
1: to stick around, you know? Yeah, you know, I think he figured out some sort of launch angle. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what that term means, but I think he did it.
3: Means he can angle the launch.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, well, speaking of launch angle, honorable mention to Wilson Contreras this week three dongs for the catcher. The old triple dong, which is good, uh, but don't expect it to last because Victor Caratini broke his hamate bone. Hamate. And so, Wilson Contreras will now be starting every single game, every single inning for the rest of the time.
3: Yeah. I am I mean, did you know that I'm actually a green belt in Hamate? <laughs> That's true. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Wilson Gutierrez, two home runs in the one game. And then you kind of got to give him just a little. I know we're going to get into flakes, but I don't see him on the list. You know, Wilson Gutierrez in the one at bat at the end of the game on Saturday against the Angels. I mean, even that whole game. He was just pressing and pressing because he is the kind of player that he felt like he was on fire, and he couldn't do any wrong like he had hit two home runs the day before. He was killing it. And then, you know, he's just like, oh, I'll I'll do that today too. And he swung at just
1: terrible, terrible pitches. I hate when that happens. I didn't see that game, or else it might have – well, I mean, it is only honorable mention. He's not getting the full rake. Right, yeah, he's not the raker. But let's get into the
2: I haven't worried about flakes since my grunge days. Remember them?
1: Who's grungy, baby? Oh We know we know who loves the toe grunge. It's Anthony Rizzo hitting a solid 091 this week. Ooh, I didn't realize
3: it was that bad.
1: Yeah, oh yeah. It's it is rough. O ninety one with a Homer and three walks. And as bad as that seems the flake actually goes to Kyle Schwarber at 083. He also had a homer, but only one walk. Oh, my God. These guys are scuffling. Yeah. And, and you know, it's funny because, you know,
3: I consider Anthony Rizzo as having an amazing week because he crushed a ball
1: that went, oh, you know, almost 500 feet. He destroyed that ball. The The one homer that he did hit just went forever. Yeah.
3: Yeah. He destroyed it. But yeah, Kyle Schwarber, I mean, it, and then now we might as well just talk about it now is the swing herd round the world, which I mean, God, it, you know, I went out to the ball hawk corner right after the game because I was in the bleachers for this one, hanging out with Jeff and everything. So I you go, were
1: looking for the imaginary ball that Schwarber didn't hit out there. So, yeah. I'm
3: like, Oh, I must be out here somewhere in an alternate reality. But, uh, no, I go out there, and ball Hawk Dave says he's like, "You know, I don't care if it was a check swing or not. It doesn't matter. He swung at a ball that you know bounced fifteen feet in front of the plate, <laughs> and he should have been called out because you shouldn't even offer at a pitch that
1: shitty i you know what." I had not thought about it in those terms, but I think Ball Hawk, Dave, is is right on the fucking money there because, yeah, that ball was, that was terrible. I mean, it's a huge letdown. I get it. I was standing
3: there, you know, and the walk just – it doesn't tie the game. It, you know, puts Schwarbron first. First base was open, and then who's up next? Refresh my memory. Was it Zagunas? Oh, fuck. I don't know.
1: Because – he came out. Now I got to, I got to bring game. up the actual yeah. score of that game.
3: Well, anyway, it didn't tie the game, and like on in retrospect, when you look at the the uh, video, it doesn't seem like he swung. I think it could have right. gone either way. What bothers me is that like the ump calls him out, and I want to know that how come like the the home plate umpire didn't see it. So you're going to rely on an umpire that's 90 feet away to, to tell you whether he swung or not. A really quick thing, really hard to tell. Could have gone either way. And that is a play that ends the game and it's not reviewable? Like, yeah, what well, is even the rule? Is it your wrist break? Is it that the bat breaks
1: the plane of the plate? Because I didn't oh, see that happen. I'm, I'm glad you asked. Because I actually do know the rule. I'm not I glad. know the rule, and it's a fucking bullshit rule. Uh, it is completely up to the person watching. Like, everybody talks about that, like, breaking the wrist or breaking the plane of the plate and all that shit. Like, these, these uh, empirical things that you could look at and determine whether or not he did it. The actual rule states that if they... Look as if they are trying to hit the ball, but stop. Like they make an offer at the ball with the intent to hit it, or an offer at the ball that they don't have the intent to hit it.
3: Well, it did look like he was trying to hit it out of bounds,
1: <laughs> right? <laughs>
3: you well, th- you but see, he was that's on the golf that's course.
1: What's, that's what's fucked up about the rule, and that's why they've tried to sort of make it like oh the wrist break or breaking the plane or you know because the rule itself is fucking like gray as hell breaking like the plane day breaking the plane
3: i like you know i could get down with that i don't know what their problem is for saying that that's not i can't think of a reason why it shouldn't be that i mean maybe you still if-
1: can't see that you can't see it from third you can't see it from home plate you can't see whether or not the bat breaks the plane, but that is sort of like where they've kind of gone. Like if you break the plane, then they're saying that's a full swing rather than a check half swing. Yeah. Right? Well, he got right
3: there. It was right on the line and he probably, and he, here's what bothers me. It's like the ump, you know, it's, it felt ump showish to me, you know, and then it was definitely Schwarber showish because he freaked the fuck out and came after the ump, which isn't cool. And you just put him as the flake. I think you're seeing a point oh eight three batting average and a walk running at the umpire, and all the frustration involved. He thinks that you know he checked his swing, and he's going to be a hero and take a walk there. And by the way, the next batter was David Bodie. Which yeah, I was
1: gonna I was gonna bring that up, but yeah. David Bodie. and we all know that David Bodie is clutch. He would have hit a grand slam. He always does. He would have hit a grand slam with only one guy on base.
3: So, but I can I? So maybe <laughs> no, I won't get it was, in. It would have been a grand slam. Exactly. Absolutely. No, he, it's all he does is grand slams. Late in the game, he likes that pressure. He he. You even talked to me. He even made a video about it with the Cubs. He likes it so much. So yeah, that's disappointing that Rizzo is the flake. But let's get into the uh the
1: throws, shall we? <laughs> so soft all right here we go quality start starts with q this week
2: Mm -hmm.
1: well actually i mean quality start always starts with q but but this week quintana got a quality start and well i mean like q with quintana quintana and fuck i don't know where i'm going with that i'm Anyway. What are you I, talking about? I don't know what the fuck I'm yeah. talking about. I was trying to make a thing with the Q and the other Q and and I fucked it up. Whatever. Quintana <laughs> <laughs> G- was great. He was better against the Pirates than I was in that 27 seconds where I just sucked. Yeah, it
3: balls. sounded like you had a stroke. I- <laughs> I kind of did. The I got penny a – it was not quality. That was, that was not a quality
1: start. That was not a quality start to this segment. It wasn't. Uh, I tried. I tried, but whatever. Hey, uh, Katana got it done, though. Um, seven in each pitch, only four hits and a walk. He struck out 11, though. That's like the second – it's either the second highest in his career. I know it's the second highest with the Cubs. Maybe it's the third highest he, in his career because yeah. the Cubs he did
3: twelve. He, 12. he did twelve yeah. in his in his uh, debut in uh,
1: Baltimore. Yeah, and I think thirteen is the most he's ever done. Okay. Okay. Well, eleven is excellent. Yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a great start. Eleven and seven innings. Um, I was excited to see it. I watched that game. I, uh, I had a good time seeing it, and then that was the one where it got rained out or rain delay. Yeah. Right after the seventh, right after the Cubs scored and they were going to win. And I was hoping, you know, my thing is, like, if they call that game, he doesn't get a complete game. But, I mean, it's kind of a complete game, right? No, complete game is nine innings. <laughs> no, I know. I'm, I'm trying to pad the guy's stats here a little bit. It was nice to
3: see Q out there just kicking ass, you know. And I did not get to watch this game. I actually watched the end. I was happy it got rain delayed because I was able to watch Strope come in in the last inning and uh, and, and, and watch the Cubs win it in front of a a whopping crowd of about 1,500 people who had stayed. And, you know, kudos to them. I mean, you know, this is really where you're, like, on these really cold nights. I mean, I was out there Wednesday, and it was – I had, I had hand warmers in my gloves and my fingers were still cold. So it was, it's been rough out there, but those people that stayed through a rain delay on such a cold evening to watch Quintana do that. And the
1: Cubs shut out the, uh, the pirates, you know, kudos to you. Speaking of hand warmers, uh, this shortstop, and I'm, I'm blanking on his name for the pirates. Uh, that ball gets hit to him and he, he actually had the hand warmer in his bare hand while he was out there. So he dropped the hand warmer in order to pick the ball out of his glove. And the whole crowd thought he dropped the ball. Uh, <laughs> you remember? Like, I, I, did, you, no, I you didn't watch big, the game. You probably didn't notice it. but I'm, I'm, I, I don't know if it was on
3: Wednesday or Thursday that this, that this happened. Because I didn't yeah. watch Thursday, but Wednesday I was there. But I don't know if I would have noticed that.
1: I Yeah, I can't remember. It was... Uh, it might have been. It must have been the night game because I was watching it. They were
3: both night games. Oh, they were. That's both, the yeah. stupid shit. It was. You know, they could have played that in the day and it would have been. Oh, much but more.
1: they started the one early, right?
3: Yeah, they started on That's Thursday at six thirty. So, yeah, it was. It was
1: really cold out there. And yeah, but it, so it was. It was the Wednesday. It was the early game because it was funny because that thing dropped and I saw it drop on TV and I thought, oh, he dropped the ball. But it was funny because the crowd, you could hear them on TV. Everybody got excited. And then he throws the ball over to first for the out. <laughs> and everybody's confused as hell.
3: It'd be great if he threw through the hand warmer.
1: Yeah. That would have been a best case scenario.
3: So you got any other uh cues uh, to talk about?
1: <laughs> I wanted to talk a little bit about Cole Hamills. Uh he went eight this week, gave up one run. Um it, it's just awesome to see two starters go deep in the games in one week. Yeah,
3: holes put him uh, out on the Yeah, that, you know. It but, was blowing out hard. So, like, that's, oh, you know, it's a solo shot. You know, I was fine with it. And Cubs won that one 5-1, to one, I think, at the end.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was – the game was an hand. Cole Hamels just – I don't know. It, we don't see – a lot of pitchers go into the seventh or eighth inning on the Cubs. So I just want to make sure we we point that out. Cole Hamill's going eight. So um, it, and despite giving up a bunch of walks to lose the wait, game wait, yesterday. Hold,
3: hold on a second, though, Michael, because this is kind of like your next two things of uh, throws and blows pretty much is the state of the bull penis. <laughs> Don't you think it is? so.
1: It really is.
3: And now it's time for a combination episode of throws blows state of the bull penis. And today it's going to be Michael Cotton giving us the state of the bull penis.
1: The bull penis this week is at half mast because, (laughs) uh, they look good for about five days. They weren't giving up any runs, weren't doing anything. Uh, just taking care of the end of the game. But then yesterday, they blew something tough. Uh, Brock and Rosario were like Chatwood-esque with four walks in one inning. And then uh, Tim Collins gave up a run on two hits in a walk. Wait. Tiny Tim. Tim Collins. I always think of like the, the drink that 1950s housewives drank. Tom Collins.
3: Yeah, and and other people think of Tiny Tim, who sang tiptoe through the tulips. Ah, tip-toe oh, was the his tulips. last name
1: Collins?
3: No, it, I, I don't know what his last name was. But I once <laughs> took an airplane with him on uh, New Year's Eve. Nice. Yeah, flying New- in New York, there was Tiny Tim, and know. yes, he did have his ukulele
1: with him carry on. Oh, of course, that was invaluable yeah Could you imagine losing you, that ukulele well he
3: might have i I would imagine Tiny <laughs> Tim had uh multiple ukuleles, but unfortunately tiny Tim Collins had no pitches to get anybody out. He just no. came out and who did he walk He just came out and started walking people right yeah
1: uh well i i was i've only seen some of the the highlights and stuff, and that was really not a highlight so uh I've only had the, the vantage point of Twitter losing their goddamn minds (laughs) with him coming out. And then Kyle Ryan at the end of the game, like he jumps into the walk party with two of his own. He did get out of it, but oh my goodness. Yeah. People were just, they were not having it. It was an ugly game.
3: Yeah. Could not. And that's kind of what bothered me in the end about that game. I mean, We can get, I guess we can get into the series,
1: right? At this point. Um, Yeah, we could definitely get into it because uh, we just talked about Kyle Schwarber. That checkswing doesn't make that big a difference if they didn't give up three runs in the last like four innings. On seven walks.
3: Yeah, it was all the walks. And, you know, that's just something that the bullpen has done this year is to come out and just start walking everybody. And, you know, I mentioned this in the bleachers yesterday, too. And I think we talked about it in the last show or two shows ago about how I, I just have this weird feeling that there's something like that system-wide for the Cubs that we're not going to give in to any hitters and we're gonna just nibble around, or either that or Theo is so attracted to nibblers that he stocked the team full of nibbling pitchers, and it's just not working right now, you know. And the you know Hodev's up, and he's the guy that was developing these people, and they're like, no, we're just gonna nibble, we're gonna throw balls, they're gonna swing at him, it's gonna be great, and it's just not happening. Have to, you know, we lead the
1: league in walks again. Well, here's the thing that I've been thinking about recently. And it's it's troubling. It's troubling to me. I don't really like it. I don't know that the issue right now is with the pitchers, surprisingly. I think it's Contreras. Because the last time the Cubs pitching was really good was in 2016, right? They had David Ross and Miguel Montero helming the team from the catching position. Like, they were they were in charge of that. And they were getting those calls, right? They were getting all that close stuff. I think because, and, you know, of course, Wilson comes in later, but I think there had already been established sort of like Cubs pitchers get the borderline calls because of the way the catchers are handling them and receiving the ball.
3: Yeah, well, we already know that Wilson is a known shitty pitch
1: framer. Exactly. So it's like, and since then, You know, Montero was there for a little bit, but then he got booted, you know, uh, and then Ross retired. All that shit happened. And then last year, it's Wilson Contreras literally just fucking he was the only catcher. Like, he's the only guy that they allowed to catch. Well, now he's the
3: only catcher again because Victor Caratini is in Illinois.
1: Yeah. and, And I don't know. I haven't seen the numbers, how great a pitch framer Victor Caratini is either. But it's like we've been complaining about this for a couple of years, and now I'm starting to realize, wait, what's the one through line? That's different, yeah. It's Contreras, and every time you see Kyle Hendricks trying to get that low strike and he's not getting it anymore, is it because of the way that Contreras is receiving that ball? Where his glove is? Where, you know, I don't know. I And I hate it because I love – well, Wilson Contreras and I fucking get well, on people's shit all the time when they bitch about him. But I'm starting to maybe worry if his ability to frame the pitches isn't hurting this pitching staff more than we want to admit.
3: Yeah, well, I no, I think uh, people are kind of feeling that way. And now that we lose Victor Caratini, who. I mean, I don't know either. I I don't think we have a major league sample size big enough with Caratini to even say. But I mean, he's definitely not the, you know, kind of defensive specialist. Like he's got a bat. He's more known as a bat catcher, I think. He I mean, he's obviously decent, but now he's gone. Now you're dealing with Taylor Davis, who I don't know. I mean, now we don't know anything about him. He there's, you know, as far as he's been down in Iowa, his entire career doing this, and I don't know.
1: I'm just surprised the guy can seem catch good. a ball at all. Like I can't believe he can catch a ball at all because he's always staring at the camera, yeah, and not at the pitcher. It's yeah. it's weird.
3: He has amazing peripheral vision. <laughs> so I mean, but it's it, either way. Like he's now catching a major league staff. It's going to be a different situation. It's definitely not ideal. What's going on? Like. You know, catcher's kind of a field general, and here's this rookie sitting there, you know, once or twice a week, you know, taking until Caratini comes back. And I guess they're saying, like, six weeks for a hamate bone. And by the way, I think it's ha- ha- Hammet.
1: Oh, is it? I don't know. I don't know, I, I don't know I either. I look at the thing, and it looks like, uh, you know, some sort of Japanese word, hamate. I like.
3: I'm with you. Let's call it hamate. Hamate
1: sounds way better than Hammet, right? Yeah, I just think it probably is Hammett. I mean, it's the gone bone now because that's what a Hamate Hammett surgery is, and they all take they it do out. is just cut it open. They just take the, they just remove it.
3: Oh, well. Hopefully, that won't affect his pitch framing. But I mean, what I'm saying is that you know it is a glaring hole that we knew that the Cubs had. We were like pounding the table for a third catcher. There is not one in sight. Uh, we didn't really, really even know like Caratini because he could play third, he could play first, but then they went and you know locked up Bodie forever, sent down Hap. Like it just there were so many moving parts at the beginning of the year, and now there's more moving parts because of you know Lester going to Illinois, and now the backup catcher going to Illinois, and like it's just like the holes that we knew we had are now even holier, <laughs> you know. <laughs> So it's it's like it's pretty frustrating because, you know, the Cubs won that game largely uh, that two nothing game against the Pirates in the cold with the help of Victor Caratini knocked in one of those runs. And then I think that's when he broke his bone, right?
1: Yeah. Like in the middle of the at bat, like he said, his wrist started hurting in the middle of that at bat. And then he just fucking gritted it out and hit a double. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about (laughs) you, Darvish real quick who are you you
3: you 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 you. you. so uh you darvish you know it was an improvement wouldn't you say i mean we lost the game uh that's the really cool night they sent him out there he does 5.1 innings five runs were charged to him but i mean two of the runs scored i believe after he had been pulled
1: yes uh yeah No, another,
3: no, no, uh, one run had been. So he gave up really four of the runs were, you know, while he was on the mound and uh, four were earned. So kind of three were given up. I don't know, but he didn't walk anybody, but he did go up two home runs. And um, I thought it was weird because they pulled him after like 70 some odd pitches. And then captain hook came out after uh, he gave up two singles and they were kind of bullshit hits too. They weren't, Scalded or anything, they were just kind of like out of the reach of fielders and kind of soft. And then out came Captain Hook, probably thinking, "Oh, let's build on this success and let's not have him out here while well, he gives up four more." You know.
1: Yeah, and I and I saw that his velocity was starting to drop, so maybe that's why uh, Joe went a little earlier than we had expected. Uh, I honestly, I think, dude, with that wind. It was 20 miles per hour with, like, 30 and 40 mile per hour gusts coming into the park. You know they told him, just throw it over the plate. Just fucking throw it and let him hit it because it's not going to go out. I could not believe when Cervelli put that ball into the basket. In the
3: basket. He put the fucking lotion in the basket. <laughs> Yeah.
1: It was ridiculous.
3: Yeah. And, and, uh, no, I mean, he gave up two home runs. And, you know, that's kind of, you're like, wow, the wind's blowing way in.
1: Well, and the second still- one made a little more sense because the ball got up in the, and by then the wind was blowing right to left. And that ball went into the left field. So it's, it's almost like it got up and kind of rode the wind out a little bit. Right that, on the wind. That first <laughs> one was, I mean, yes, maybe he kept it under the wind, but good Lord. So, but really the,
3: the, the answer, it, it, the, the question I have for you that I need you to answer is, do you think that that was a good outing for you, Darvish?
1: I do because the, the way he was throwing and the pitches, like it, it looked good. It looked like he was putting it where he wanted it to other than, uh, he had that he had a curve oh, yeah. ball that well, did he, not curve. And he hit, hit he hit stroke.
3: the yeah. He hit the pitcher. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then the pitcher was along for the ride on one of the runs too, right?
1: Yeah. Well, and it one was, of the home runs. Did you see you though? Like that was so much not trying to hit the pitcher. Like you saw him kind of kind of shit himself a little bit when he lost control of that one. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you go back, like he yeah. That was clearly not meant to do what it did
3: yeah and, and that's the uh hayward solo shot too. game right or did, or was there somebody on
1: no i think it was a five one was it five to one or five to two at the end Yeah, nobody
3: game? was on yeah five to two in the end yeah, yeah this ended up scoring two runs but um uh, apparently that night and i was told uh by my friend tony out in the bleachers uh or no maybe it was thursday night uh, that which was the rain delay game is that uh, somebody was in the bleacher bathroom, the men's bleacher bathroom, um, rating dicks, rating dicks. Yeah, like hey, the nice dick, <laughs> you know, really <laughs> nice dick. I was like, and, and uh so uh, I guess that's going on this year. See what happens when the Cubs get off to a slow start. Is it kind of like the Shawano meter? <laughs> and, and <laughs> the Shawang. First oh, of all, I think it's unfair to be raiding dicks in the bleachers in when such cold, cold weather. Yeah, it's just, you know, come on.
1: <laughs> come back in August. Come buddy. back
3: in August. I'm a grower, not a shower.
1: I'm a, I, I have a slow start to the season. Yeah.
3: So, uh, so well, well uh, Jose Quintana was striking out 11. Some guy was in the bathroom raiding people's dick.
1: That's hilarious, but uh, no. So you know that, but those balls going out in that Darvish game against that wind, I, I gotta ask, juiced balls, right? Well, the did Cubs, you, the Cubs think, balls weren't going out. Well, one of them did, but none of them should have been going out. Nothing should have been leaving that park that day. Yeah, and maybe it is that they were pitching to just like throwing it down the middle,
3: you know, and then so they people were able to crush it.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Cubs did crush a few that went warning track. Uh, You know, they just got them up up into the wind a little bit more. Um,
3: Yeah, and then – Well, and then uh, can we get into game three in in the rain delay game? Because, uh, you know, we have to – I got to hand it to Daniel Descalso. That dude, I mean, clutch. Clutch as fuck. (laughs) He you really know? is. He, and he's and you know what? That's the annoying shit he used to do for the Cardinals all the time. Because I, I hated him, and he wasn't even that good. You know what I mean? And so I, he must have done something. And I haven't looked it up. But I see the kind of player he is. He's like a scrappy dude. I think he's decent in the leadoff spot. And he's the one that broke it open with that RBI single, scoring Jay Hay. So like I gotta hand it to him, but I also gotta hand it to Joe Matta for getting his ass tossed on that. Sh- on he was arguing balls and strikes, but you know, right? Th-
1: yeah, it, it was that, that was ball the was
3: super low. It was bullshit, and you know, I thought, and and I also think that you know one of the reason that Quintana had eleven strikeouts because he got a couple calls that were questionable as well, strike calls,
1: right? So. Well, and that's that's the frustrating thing about all these fucking umps is that if they have a, a, if they know what the strike zone is going to be, like I I honestly, I think the fucking umps need to go out and say, look, this is what the strike, this is what I'm looking for. These are the strikes, right?
3: Just fucking tell them. I think you're supposed to just know after the first couple innings what's
1: up. And I get that, but if you get him on record as saying, you know, hey, the strike down and away I'm calling it strike, you know, or like this or that, like like some sort of fucking thing because you don't know. You think after the first two innings you have a handle on what he's doing and then all of a sudden he calls a, a high strike or he calls a fucking low strike or the inside like completely different than all the other strikes and you're, and nobody knows what the fuck's going on.
3: It was so cold. The rain was coming. He's calling everything a strike. You know what I mean? It's just one of those nights. It's the same reason, but he probably had, you know, he just didn't want to get wet. He was, you know, he was cold out there. So he's just like, strike, 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 (laughs) strike. And you know, it's, they're, they're trying to pitch out and he's calling it a strike. But um, and that's the same thing that happens uh, to Schwarber, except for that guy had uh, dinner reservations.
1: Right. He just well,
3: wanted you want to get out of there. He's like, ah,
1: this, this game can't get tied here. Or, you know, or is it uh, ball hawk if, right? You know, the ump was like that fucking asshole swinging, even thinking about even swinging half swinging.
3: Yeah, yeah. Should have seen that coming out of his hand.
1: Yeah, He, he was like, I wasn't even watching that. Because I had already seen the ball bounce 15 feet earlier. I wasn't going to fuck it. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a swing. Like, go sit down because of that.
3: Well, the the wind really turned around after the Pirates left town. And for the Angels, it got windy the other way. And it started blowing out. And then, you know, there were all those home runs. Contreras, two home runs. Rizzo hit that one onto, uh, out of the park. And Bodie hit a long one, too. And yeah, uh,
1: Contreras couple for Ballhawk Dave, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
3: I forget the name of the guy that got those home runs, but they both went out on a wavelength and they they went to that corner, both of them. So uh, and uh, it's kind of impressive even more that Hamels was able to go eight innings and only give up the one run only four hits and like and he didn't walk anybody which is just amazing and he's just good at Wrigley. I mean, that's where he pitched his no hitter And I remember looking it up last year and be like, his stats are great at Wrigley. And he uh, was talking uh, on some video about how it's his favorite uh, place to play. And he just loves the backdrop. And he likes, you know, pitching against that brick wall and just seeing that in the background. It just, you know, he feels good up there. And um, it shows. Yeah, for sure. And for him to do that on such a windy day, eight innings of one-run ball, that's really impressive. So, That's the kind of thing, because it was
1: blown straight out. Well, and and when you want to keep the bullpen doing well, you only give them one inning to fuck up in. Oh, yeah.
3: No, No, that that we won that game. We won the game that the bullpen did not pitch in. We lost the game the bullpen pitched in.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, Kisler went went out there for an inning. You know, the Hamels game. Quintana
3: went out there. They won that game because the bullpen only pitched a couple innings. They yeah. lost the game that Darvish pitched in, and the bullpen
1: pitched a lot in that too. So, right and they, and honestly, Hamels probably gets the ninth inning, but he was at 106 pitches.
3: Yeah, I don't see any reason to put him back out there except for the prestige of it all. But you don't right. want to
1: fuck him up. No, well, and he went 111 the game before that. Yeah. So he's throwing a lot of pitches. I guess they're, I mean, it's, you know, old Benny Joe is going to get his fucking 20 million out of that arm this year.
3: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, he's going to, he's going to Chapman him up now. um, Here's the, really the, I mean, everybody kind of understands the heartbreak that was the second game, the Saturday game of the angels series, but I have to mention this. Couple really it was a weird game, very entertaining, but right in the first inning, um the ball uh, Justin Bohr hits a single he was running rounding first and then he realized he had gone too far and he dives back into first the ball get, is thrown and hits him in the foot and get and skips away. Bohr starts running to second at which point um I think it's Rizzo throws to Javi who tags him. Out and he was out. But the umpire calls him safe, but Boar is like, No, I'm out. And he starts well, walking away, uh, and then Bohr runs, or then Javi runs after him, and tags him, and that then he was out.
1: Yeah, then he was out. Yeah, I saw that on the highlights, and Boar just knew he was out. He didn't even look at the ump. If he had, I don't think he walks away from the bag. Like, right. He's gonna fucking take that that base.
3: Yeah, it's pretty I mean, I guess he just thought, I am so obviously out, which from where I stood, which is really way further away than the umpire, he looked out to me.
1: He looked out. Okay, but here's the thing it all turned out well, right? For the Cubs in, that, in this situation.
3: In this inning, it all turned out well because they didn't
1: score in the first. Right. But what the fuck is Ben Zobras doing, throwing that ball to first in the first place? Like, he picks the ball up. Four rounds the base too far. I get it. Ben Zobris doesn't have the fucking arm to get it to Rizzo so quickly that he's going to get this guy. Throw it to second. Keep him from running. We don't have any of this fucking drama. Instead, he throws that ball, which, by the way, the reason it hit him in the foot is because it was 10 feet too short. <laughs> it hit the man in the foot. and bounced to the wall, and then it's a scramble. Right. But what?
3: Yeah, I, I, he should have probably put it in his pocket. But I mean, I guess you
1: he no was, you throw to second. You throw to fucking second because that's where the runner's going. And he was stopping. You you know, I don't, I don't know. I got to look. Zobris doesn't have the arm to pull that off.
3: I got to look J- at that play again.
1: Jason Hayward would have rifled heard. him down. He might. No. And I'm not going to say he would have. He might have had a shot because he's got a fucking great arm. Ben Silberus doesn't have the arm to do that, I don't think.
3: Um, I'm watching it, right, because it's the must-see. I'm watching it right now. Yeah. So he hits the ball. It goes to Benzo. Benzo then fires back to first. It's... Oh, well, it bounced before... Like, Rizzo would have played it,
1: but Boar's foot got in the way. But that's my point. That ball did not have the carry on it to get anybody out at first. Also, Boar did not, like, fucking dive back in like some fluid beautiful manner. Also, it looked like he fell
3: over. Oh yeah, yeah, he he did. He fu- he fell over and the other thing about it is that Rizzo was totally out of position to even make a play like that because he was behind him. Like uh R- Benzo had to throw uh, Through bore to get to Rizzo, and Rizzo had to back up to get that ball on a bounce. So yeah, it was just a bad play all around, but it, it it worked out okay. But it was funny that he was safe, but then I mean, I think it would have been overturned,
1: right? Yeah, I think it would have been overturned because uh, I think I, Len said that like he he thought he tagged him twice. <laughs> he got him twice before he hit the base. That's hilarious. And, but uh, you know, I no, and this is gonna come up later. I'm a little frustrated with Benzo's fucking decision-making right now in this week. And nobody's talking about it because it's, it's Ben Zobris and everybody just kind of loves him. But the dude's making some fucking bad choices recently. And what what, what else up. you got? He's going to come up at my TFC. Oh, okay. All right.
3: All right. A little preview there. Well now this, but the second inning of this game, it got weirder. Because uh, freaking Steve Bartman was at the game. Bartman too. The fan, did you see this? Fan interferes with the ball. I mean, Javi was running over. I think if the fan just throws up his arms and backs away, Javi reaches into the stands, makes that play. Instead, the fan is just sitting there. He makes the play on the ball, catches it, idiotically turns around, shows it to the crowd. He's like, look at me, I'm awesome, and we boot him. Yeah. Because that was an out, and then instead that foul ball out by Goodwin ends up being a single, and then there's three more straight singles. Then Tommy Lastella reaches on catcher's interference uh, again, because that's what he does. It's also what Wilson does. I heard that, that now Wilson's catcher's interference is three on the season. That matches the most ever for any Cubs catcher, and we're just in April 14th.
1: Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. And, and especially when you're going up against Tommy O'Snell, who they know that's what he does. Like he waits and then fires on that ball late in order to get a little bit of that.
3: And then you know, after that, you know, so the the uh bases are loaded at that point. Another single. So there's the scoring. A double play saves that inning finally. But then uh, you know, Kyle, we didn't really talk about Kyle Captain Hook comes out after 5 innings and pulls him and just said he didn't have his best stuff and all
1: this, you know. Which is yeah, like How do we know? Yeah. Nobody knows what the fuck his best stuff is because every time it feels like he's pitching well, Joe pulls him.
3: Yeah, well it's it I don't know if he was pitching well. I mean, he gave up 2 earned, right? Um but he only was struck he only struck out 2 and I'm looking at how many pitches he even threw. Eighty seven. So I kind of get that, you know, maybe don't want him to go over a hundred, you know, but it, it's just really frustrating when you pull the guy and the next guy out there gives up three walks. And that was Brad
1: Brock. Right. Really? I wasn't saying I wasn't saying that I thought he was pitching great that game. I'm just saying nobody knows what Kyle can do because he just seems to be on such a short leash. It, which
3: makes me wonder, like, why you extend him if they don't have that much faith faith in him? I mean, you know, I get it. Like, Kyle has definitely been good in the past. I think he's a good pitcher. You know, I get that. You know, he's probably cheap relative to other pitchers of his quality. But you know, it's just like I, I want him to. What do the Cubs need out of him? If you have Lester as your number one and Hamels as your number two this year. You know, what's your hope for Kyle that you just, you know, got yourself a number three for the rest of his career?
1: I don't yeah, know. Yeah, maybe, maybe best case scenario. Uh, I don't know. But again, if you match him up with the right catcher, maybe that changes everything. Yeah, yeah, it really could. Now, the Because le- he is a new, he has to be a nibbler. He's not one of these guys that can Blow throw it, it away, over yeah. and. Yeah He he doesn't have that high fastball.
3: <laughs>
1: so he doesn't the, have it.
3: The last thing, and I get it, it about this game that kind of was funny to me that stuck out was the fact that Mark zagounis who we're now referring to in the bleachers at least as the Great
0: Zagoo,
3: <laughs> so a huge hit in this game, uh, you know, and one of the best uh, at bats I think I've seen in a long time. Um, you know, he definitely earned his way onto this team, and he's showing why, you know, maybe the Cubs should keep him up. I don't think they will. Maybe they do. I don't know. Maybe it's Schwarber that gets sent down if he can't learn how to hit. You know, he did make the flakes list, and Lord knows that uh, Theo listens to the show.
1: Oh eight three is not a good good look on anybody. Yeah, if, they, if that gets Hap sent down,
3: you know, maybe it gets Schwarber sent down. Now, one thing I'll say about Schwarber is that he's got that gun and
1: left – and, and Zagunas has no gun.
3: Yeah, has no gun. He's a he worse left fielder. No,
1: which is, he has no glove, no gun. Yeah. <laughs> Again,
3: ugh, it's funny to say that. Well, you know, now that uh, Schwarber is a glove-first outfielder. <laughs> 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 oh, God. Has it come to this?
1: Oh, my but, Lord. But, but I, yeah, I mean. I got to give Z- it to the great Zagou. Zagou has uh, 350, 350, 500. Slash line for an 850 OPS. Do we think he can maintain that through the whole season? No, <laughs> not at all. No, of course not. But, um,
3: I don't know. He's, he, he's done well. And in a pressure situation, he was great in the game and it was nice to see. Now what I thought was funny, and I know Chris Bryant had the day off, but like back in the day when Aramis Ramirez you know with a maybe he'd come on with a you know cuz he was the big hero and your home run hitter on the team which is what Chris Bryant is supposed to be even if Ramirez had the day off he would have been the one out there not Zagunis with runners out you know with runners on so instead they go with great zagoo and Bryant's just like I don't remember how to hit oh my god and everybody's like and I don't necessarily agree with this um but that they're like since he got hit in the head He's a different hitter, and I
1: don't know, um, and I'll leave it at that, you know? I honestly, I don't know that it's since he got hit in the head that, like, I I don't think... uh, Seems unfair to say that. Yeah, it could be a coincidence more than a cause, right? That maybe they're just learning to pitch to him. You know, everybody, that's the thing. In baseball, none of these guys are just fucking great all the time unless you're like Tony Gwynn, who there were there were no holes in the swing. They find what's wrong with you. And then you have to fix it. Right? Well Bryant hasn't hit a home run since opening
3: day. He's batting 231. He's got a six ninety nine OPS. It Uh, feels worse than that though, right? Yeah. Well he's yeah, well it does because he you know it he looks like he's kind of slapping at the ball in a way like he's turning into, like, a a singles pitter? I don't know. And he's he's striking out a lot, you know? He's got 15 strikeouts and 52 at-bats. I was actually really surprised
1: when I went through the rakes and flakes and looked at the numbers. And, you know, I, I look it up, and I'm totally expecting KB to be on or near that flake line, right? And then I see... Rizzo and Schwarber down there and, you know, KB's right up in the middle of the pack, like, you know, not, you know, not lighting it up, but not being terrible. And I was just like, wait, what the, like, every time I see him now, I don't trust that something good is going to happen. Right? Like, when I see, uh, when I see Rizzo, like, there may not be a hit, but there's a really good chance he's going to walk.
3: Yeah. And and you kind of trust Rizzo to make bigger things happen and you don't trust Brian as much. Yeah. You know, he he definitely feels like more of a table setter at this point, like he's just going to get on base. And then, like, David Bodie's going to be the one that hits the home run,
1: <laughs> you know. Um, so, yeah, it, it really does seem like in those those high <laughs> pressure situations, nothing is happening. And well, they went with great Zagoo.
3: Which yeah. I was happy to see, and it worked out. Even though the Cubs ended up losing, Great Zagou had nothing to do with the loss. He
1: did his job. But that should never happen, right? You have a former MVP sitting on your bench. You should never go to Zagoonis.
3: Yeah. No, it'd, it'd be cra- That'd be crazy. Back in the day, Aramis Ramirez would have come to the plate and hit a three run homer and won the game. And I don't know that Chris Bryant is capable of that right now, especially. So. Yeah. Well, the takeaways from this week, you know, and kind of how things are going and it hasn't been good, you know, Cubs have only won five games. And I think, you know, kind of when I look at this team and want to like, you know, I guess sum up my thoughts on it or how it feels to me. And if I had to extrapolate that out, I guess what I see is that there are a few ways that you, that the Cubs can get beat really obviously. And that's with the bullpen even though they had a better week um you know it's it's a very small glimpse of of being decent that we saw for the most part this year it hasn't been good right that's why the cubs only have 5 wins the other thing is that uh i feel like we we have less ways to beat you than we have more ways to lose does that make sense
1: the other sort sure
3: yeah i yeah. mean <laughs> I just feel like there's too many holes in the team overall. Like every two out of five days, you're going to be sending somebody to the mound that you don't have complete and total faith in. Right. And then, and then, so that's one way you can lose. Another way you can lose is the bats just die because every time we face a good pitcher, like when we faced Hayter, the Cubs can't get anything done. You have your big bashers on the team not doing anything. So if they don't show up consistently, it's not like, you know, Jason Hayward can, like, carry the team. Right. But that being
1: said, the offense is not the problem.
3: Right. It hasn't been. It's been the pitching. But I'm just saying, if it's not one thing, it's another. But the team is not – I'm just saying, I've seen more ways that we could get beat than that we can beat you, which has become kind of obvious you know, in this first month. And they do need to make some sort of move in order to t- prove to me that they're actually
1: kind of going for it this year.
3: Yeah, I don't know how he, much it, longer they're going to let this bullshit go on, you know?
1: Yeah, and, and here's some, some of the numbers I'm looking at. I just wanted to see where they were ranking, like their offense was ranking versus the rest of the Central. And where their pitching is, uh, the Cubs are at plus three in run di- run differential and they're in uh they're tied for last. I'm just going to say tied for last and not tied for fourth. <laughs> Cuz when you're tied with Cincinnati you're tied for last. Yeah. Um but they have a plus 3 run differential. The Cardinals have a plus 16 run differential. But the difference is the Cardinals have 8 less runs total than the Cubs do. Yeah. Because the Cubs offense is killing it, but it's the 62 runs against that St. Louis has given up versus the 83 runs against that the Cubs have given up. Yeah. And most of that was in
3: the beginning of the season. I feel do feel like that. Like these games, that if I want to go through this week, except for opening day, which they won 10-zip, which was just, you know, just a
1: lot of fun. These but imagine games- if they don't have the fucking 10-zip. They then... They look like Milwaukee. The first place team has a minus six run differential. They have 78 runs scored, 84 runs against. They're actually worse than the Cubs in both categories. Yeah. And And yet they're four games ahead of them.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And the Cubs lost a lot of heartbreakers and they've lost a lot of one run games and not a lot. It's so early in the season, but they've lost the games that felt normal. And that's what's sad. Like they, they, they lost six to four to Atlanta. They lost five to two to Pittsburgh. They lost five to six to five. You know, like, and then they've they've uh, in their wins, which there is only five of them,
1: and, and <laughs> it's not hard to look through those wins.
3: Yeah, and it also feels like the Cubs have just had some bad luck in a way too. And you know, I I don't know. It just it's it's really been. It felt like I posted a gif the other day of. Somebody trying to start an old lawnmower, and that's kind of how it feels this year. Just like, and it's just not quite getting going because I don't think anybody's going to run away with it in this division right now. But um, no, and and you can't run away with it in April anyway. But I'm just saying, you don't want to like spend too much time behind the front runners, not playing competitively or getting on some sort of role. And at least, I mean, well, we should just get into the Marlins series because if the Cubs don't, I mean, I guess you're happy with two out of three against the Marlins, but they're not good. And you should just go in there and sweep them. If you're going to be a dominant team, that's going to kind of like, you know, show a little life early in the season, you know, like the two out of three attitude is, I don't know. I guess if they won two out of three for the rest of the year, they win the division, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, if if you're a six plus 600 win percentage team, that's a good place to be at the end of the year. Sure. But,
3: you know, you want to kind of see them dominate somebody because they did not dominate. They lost two or three to the Texas Rangers. I think the Marlins are probably worse than the Rangers. So, you know, but let's talk about the Marlins. They had the... Uh, Philadelphia and Bryce Harper to deal with all weekend at uh, at home. So they were in Miami and uh, as far as they lost again today uh, but they did manage to kick the Phillies ass 10 to 3 Zach Eflin started that for the Phillies. They lost today and it took 14 innings to lose. They <laughs> lost 3 to 1 and the Marlins had to use 8 pitchers so oh including including the starters so So, uh,
1: we were just talking a little bit about run differential. The Marlins are at minus thirty-four run differential. Yeah. Good God, that is a lot of runs. Yeah, they've only won four games. So,
3: other than Colorado, who won today and almost had a no-hitter, they had. Who I guess Colorado now has five wins as well. So the Marlins is the, the only team stuck at four. The Cubs are stuck at five, along with Colorado. Did you see that the German Marquez had a no-hitter into the eighth today?
1: Uh, no. I want to watch the Rockies. Their announcing team is so boring. Oh, my God. Yeah, it makes a like, big difference. Len is awesome. We're lucky. Yeah, and and it's not that Len is awesome in the fact that He knows a ton more about baseball than these guys because that's probably not the case. They're probably very similar, you know, knowledge-wise and enough. It's the rapport with the people in the booth. Like, there's only – there's three in the Colorado Rockies booth, which is a bad idea, I think. And none of them seem to enjoy what they're doing. Like, they're boring. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Maybe they're
3: high. They are out in the uh, land of the legal.
1: I, I actually think that not a single one of them is high, and they hate the people who get high. Ah. That's, that's the feeling I get from those guys. That's their
3: problem. Not high enough. So this show does not have that problem. <laughs> uh, so now here's the thing about uh, the Marlins. Uh, they stink, but the, all their players aren't bad. I mean, at least you've heard of a few of them. Uh, they have Curtis Granderson now. They have. Uh, yeah. Y- you've heard of a little
1: guy named. Uh, well, he's not little, but Starlin Castro. Remember him? Oh, I did hear about him. You texted me today that you thought he was going to hit a two-run homer.
3: Yeah, and instead he reached first on a fielder's choice, and then the and, Marlins lost in
1: fourteen. <laughs> and that totally feels like the Starlin we we had on the Cubs forever.
3: Yeah. Um. Neil Walker. Is on the team, ex-pirate. You know, he's over at first base. Uh, I believe it's Martín Prado is on this team.
1: I I don't know.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm just I'm just uh, pulling out. Yeah, he is on the team. He's the third baseman. So they kind of have like I don't know how Martín Prado is, but kind of older players, I guess. That yeah, he is
1: 35. So, oh yeah, so. It's filled with players that Jeter once played against. Yeah, he's like,
3: yeah, that guy <laughs> was pretty good." I think we can win with Curtis Granderson. Yep. The grand-a-man. I remember when he was young, he was yeah. good. So, uh, and Sergio Romo, uh, the ex-Giants reliever is uh the closer on the team. And uh I was reminded today cuz I did have the Marlins uh game on today against uh, the Phillies. Just checking it out a little bit. And uh, I love extra innings. I'm a big fan. I hope they never, you know, cut extra innings. I was hoping it was just going to go longer and go like it did last year when the Cubs on the second game of the season played a 17 inning game (laughs) and then lost two to one.
1: I was going to say that that was like a super low scoring game too, wasn't it? Yeah.
3: And if you remember, Eddie Butler went out there. And he pitched seven innings. He, he didn't give up anything, and then he got pulled. And Morrow lost. It gave up a couple of singles,
1: and uh, then it was over. I do remember that. Yes, Eddie Butler was a, a a hero for about a week.
3: Yeah, and then he and then I think he got injured from that game. He ne- like really never came back. Yeah. So thank you, Eddie, for for your valiant effort in that loss last year, because that was the game that we needed to win. In order to win the division. And Eddie Butler gave it everything he had. And what did the Cubs do? They lost. So, yeah, the Marlins are bad. The Cubs should sweep them. The Cubs' OPS is almost 200 points higher. The Cubs have eight more homers. They have double the walks. They've struck out about the same amount of time, which is average for the whole, you know, major
1: leagues. Yeah, that's what everybody's doing now.
3: And the Marlins aren't even fast. Like, shitty teams sometimes are fast. So far, they're not, anyway. Uh, the Cubs actually have, and this is funny to say with a team with, that's supposed to have a bunch of bashers on it, but the Cubs have nine stolen bases to the Marlins' five. And yeah. um, the Cubs have outscored the Marlins in less games. Um, and the Marlins only scored uh, one run today, 86-46. to 46.
1: And if all of that isn't super boring they took away the statue fireworks dolphin craziness in the outfield when you hit home runs like that's gone too so not only is the offense super boring but even if they do something great it's not going to be any better
3: no and it's not going to happen that it wouldn't have happened that much anyway they might as well have just left it out there and And just like a couple times a week somebody might park one let the let the monstrosity go. It was I mean it was headache inducing and more so the bright kind of greenish hue that I think they might have redone that too now but when I was there it was hard to be in there because of the color scheme. It was unsettling. <laughs> so the Cubs in other words the Offensively, the Cubs should kick the shit out of the Marlins, and especially because their pitching isn't good. Neither ours hasn't been either, but it settled down a bit this last week. And our, our uh, ERAs are neck and neck, both over five, though. Cubs near five and a half, both bottom third of the major leagues. Their starters are a little better than ours by a third of a run. Their relievers are slightly better, too, but they're neck and neck in their suckitude with uh the cubs ERA being even 6 so we entered our snow day today um the cubs are number one in walks you know that's so disappointing and um considering that all offseason they're like we got to work on walks and then apparently what they were working on is how to give more of them yeah um the
1: and- the wrong the wrong part of the team got that message
3: and be careful what you wish for. Cause like, you know, I love when you know, I'm out in the bleachers and some assholes saying throw strikes as he walks the first two hitters at the inning. And then, so he does throw a strike and it becomes a three run Homer. Yeah. So. I mean,
1: that's what happened with you Darvish. Like he, I think they just told him to throw it over the plate and just get outs like that. And, uh, two right. pirates, Hit Not home runs. necessarily known for crushing the ball, hit home runs against a twenty mile. Well, hour
3: Cervelli week. has a lot of pop, you know. That's he, and he does well against us. He's kind of a cub killer. Well, he's a cub killer. I don't think he's that good for the rest of the league. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think so. No, he's just good against us. So, and the, another little, little disturbing stat I saw about our pitching is that hitters are actually batting two seventy seven against Cubs pitching.
2: Mm.
3: Yeah, which. Uh, You know, the Marlins are actually 20 points lower. They're, you know, 253 or something like that. And, you know, they actually played a pretty good game against the Phillies. I mean, I told you they kicked the shit out of them on Saturday night, and they almost won today. If they had any players on their team, they probably would have and taken two, two or three, you know? But, you know, they had to use their eighth pitcher, and they used their worst bullpen guy, which that's saying something. The worst bullpen <laughs> guy on the Marlins. It was Chen. Chen. I, I, I've heard of him before. Anyway, he went out there. And, you know, so the Marlins pitching is, has been somewhat better than the Cubs, you know, which is disconcerting. The Pirates. I don't know. After today, I looked this up this morning. They've held hitters to a 188 batting average so far this year. Nearly 100 points lower than the Cubs
1: yeah and that's why they're in third place, yeah I don't
3: know why they're yeah I don't know why they it's just <laughs> it seems like a fluky year kinda it's but it's bothering me. there's something devilish about this year twenty nineteen
1: It is it- weird because you're looking like every everybody is kind of uh you know lumped in, and then you see like San Diego with eleven wins and Tampa Bay with twelve wins, and nobody else has more than six wins in that division. Uh, you know, Seattle has 13. Seattle is on pace to break their record of 106 wins.
3: Yeah, Seattle's on fire this year, and it's kind of nice to see because I don't, I don't think anybody picked them. Oh, no, no. Nobody picked Seattle. No, no. So it'd be fun. Now, Seattle to the World
1: Series. I w- wonder what their odds are right now. Yeah, and you always love when you look at the standings and you see Oakland has 10 wins. And the Angels have eight wins, but the Angels are in third place, and Oakland in fourth place, based on the uh, percentage.
3: Yeah, I do not watch enough uh, AL West games to really comment. So no,
1: I'm just looking at the I'm looking at the standings. You were talking about how it's just a weird year. Yeah,
3: it is. It, it you know we've got a long time. It's April fourteenth. Yep. So, defensively, the Cubs have committed the second most errors because, unfortunately, Pakoda was right. But most of those errors were actually committed in that 1-6 error game. So, I think if you throw that out, it hasn't been as bad as that. But I mean, if we throw out all the bad games, the Cubs are awesome. Yeah, the Cubs are 5-0. and
1: I don't know. If you throw out all the bad games, Cubs are still probably 5-3. and three. <laughs> so, um, uh,
3: unfortunately, I've got bad news about <laughs> Oh, man, fourth worst
2: Dur
0: 663.
3: The only thing I could say is that uh, the Marlins have the seventh worst dirt, and I saw a little bit of that today as I was watching Luis Brinson, the ex-Brewer, out there playing um, center field. It wasn't it wasn't altogether a pretty sight.
1: Yeah. Ugh. Well, you know, maybe if we're lucky, the Cubs can you know do well this weekend and raise their dirt to six six six. Well, uh, yeah, <laughs> and then the just, just the, the, play
3: the rest of the season. That yeah, way. why not? The year's already feeling devilish. Yeah. So, um, I've got a scavenger hunt for everybody. Um, take a picture with a fish, and say on your post that you're watching the game with a Marlins fan. Hashtag oh. scavenger hunt.
1: How about you take a picture with the fish and say, "Oh, I just hit a home run," like the, like the home run. But the sculpture gone. is gone. Oh, or I found a home run statue.
3: I know. I, take a picture with a fish and say, here's your new home run statue, Marlins. Yeah. <laughs> just something fish related and hashtag scavenger hunt and tag me in it, would you? At Sun Ranto on Twitter and, uh, and just tag me on the Ranters page too so I see it because I already, I already almost missed somebody. Um, well, Chris Salotto, I saw, he trolled the Marlins, uh, no, he trolled the uh, Angels by saying Tommy Lastella had quit on the Cubs to go save his family's pizza restaurant at Lastella's Pizza, which is in Connecticut somewhere, <laughs> even yeah. though he's from Jersey. But I, the only Listellas I could find was in Connecticut. And um, so he trolled them, but I also saw Mike Gelsenon got into it. And so uh, I, got, uh, I got a few people in the scavenger hunt so far for April, and, of course, I'll be giving away um, at the end of uh, this month a DVD, Chicago Cubs, The Heart and Soul of Chicago. It's for Patreon members only. So Mike Gelson on, uh, and uh, Chris Saloto, thanks for participating. Take a picture
1: with the fish this, this uh, n- next three days. If you want to be really authentic, uh, the fish should have some sort of fireworks connected to it.
3: Oh, there you go. I could see <laughs> exploding fish really working for this show. Hey, uh, just another quick commercial and a shout-out to uh, mybookie.ag. They're doing a matching, uh, you know, uh, you put money in the account, they'll match it when you create your account with uh, the promo code RANTO. You can get up to 1000 bucks in free play. So uh, check it out, My Bookie, mybookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And uh you know if I was going to bet if I was a betting man Michael Yeah I'm listening Yeah what what is your bet I would bet that the Cubs are not going to win the World Series because I saw that the Cubs are plus 1800 and that and the Brewers are plus 1000 right now and to me that means uh the the you know and money money talks and bullshit walks and right now the smart money is definitely not on the Cubs.
1: so I'm, um, I'm just waiting for the Cubs to get plus 1914, and then I'm going all in. All in, because that'll be worth it.
3: Okay, so let's uh, preview quickly these games. And if you're going to any of them, I want you use our StubHub site. It's uh, stub, sunranto.com slash StubHub. If you click on our little uh, you know window that says StubHub there, it'll take you to StubHub. And then we get, like, a little cut of whatever you buy, and you don't have to pay anything extra. So if you're going to any games ever or any events, use that, please, and uh, we'll get money. So game one, uh, they're skipping Chatwood. You uh, Darvish is going to go out there. Boy, uh, that's ch- a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and we could talk about whether – I don't think we need to, but, you know, the reasons for skipping Chatwood are obvious. Um, it didn't work out with him as a starter last year. But, it, you know, in some ways, I, just because of the way it would have lined up, because now Cole Hamels is going to pitch in Game 3, it would have been nice to see Cole Hamels pitch at Wrigley where he does so well. That's all I'm saying about it. But Cole Hamels would be good anywhere. But you Darvish is going out there. He's 0-2 so far. He's got a 750 and run average. Um, hasn't been good so far. Things are looking up. I guess it's trending better. We have to remain positive because it's April and he's going to be here for a lot more years making a lot of money. So let's just root for the guy and hope it gets better and better and better and better and better. Um, he's going up against Trevor Richards who's 0-1 but he's got a 2 earn run average. Um, you faced... Miami is one of the few teams he actually did face last year in the opening series, and he uh, pitched 102 pitches in 4.1 innings.
1: Well, you say that like it's a bad thing. I mean, 25 pitches per inning is normal, right? (laughs) Uh, No. (laughs) So, uh, I mean, we, you know. Well, it it is normal, just not for a good team.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, and last time we already we just talked about it. He at least he didn't walk anybody and he got into the sixth. It was that the two two homer game any gives it. He's he's
1: building on, you know, he might make five point two innings this this week. Yeah, know. and give up one Homer. Give up yeah. So
3: Trevor Richards, uh he went six innings of one hit ball versus Cincy and he's gone six in all three of his starts and he's struck out seven twice. So I never heard of the guy, but uh, last time he went out there and he walked five, though, as well. The only Cub that faced him is Daniel Descalso, and he only has two plate appearances. And uh, one time he walked, and he got an RBI. So there is hope. (laughs) Um,
1: (laughs) Right. Daniel Descalso, he's going to hit in all nine positions.
3: Now, despite this guy going six innings in all three of his starts, The Marlins have lost all of the games he started by not scoring any runs. So
1: (laughs) that's the kind of team the Marlins have. Um, Yeah, they've scored 46 total runs this year in uh, 16 games. Yeah, it has not been good.
3: You know, I forgot to look up the promos on this. See, there's no promos in game one. I will tell you that uh, there's no promos. Derek Jeter's not even giving away anything to any of these games because the Cubs are coming to town. So they actually probably will have a bit of a crowd, you know, because of all the Chicagoans that live in Florida when the Cubs just travel well. So game two, Q is going out there. You and then Q versus Pablo Lopez and Pablo Lopez is one and two with a 660. Um, Q faced the Marlins last year and was good once and bad once. And in fact, he got had one bad inning in Miami and the Cubs didn't score in that game anyway. And well that,
1: that was you's whole last year. Yeah. Yeah. One bad inning and the Cubs didn't score or, for him. Yeah.
3: So uh last time he rocked the Casbah and the cold and the wet. Uh Pablo Lopez is twenty three. He's given up uh, four earned on seven hits in his last two starts, both of them, and uh, in both of those games, he's pitched a total of nine innings. So, uh, not a lot of experience. Doesn't go deep in games. He's very young, and of course, no cub
1: has seen him. So we're getting shut out, right? Oh yeah, I, I'm going. Uh, I'm going prop bet on the, you know, what, what uh, no hitter? Yeah, <laughs> Pablo no hitter. So uh, then
3: in Game 3, Cole Hamels is going to go out there, and he went eight innings of one run ball, is uh, going up against uh, Alcantara, who's 1-1 one and one with a four twenty four. Um, I found this article on uh, Sandy Alcantara or Alcantara or Alcantara, because remember when we had Arismendi Alcantara or Alcantara or Alcantara, that there was uh, many disputes as to how to say that name and it's possible that there are many ways to say it but 44% of fans on fish stripes say Alcantara is the ace of this staff in reality but what is fish stripes fish stripes which I'm like why would
1: you call your website that but <laughs> that's like, unless you were like an actual fishing site it was like uh striped bass i think i think there or a striped trout I think that's a thing. Yeah, I believe it's rainbow
3: trout. That striped bass is a thing. That's probably where Lyle is right now, fishing, fishing. Because when he when it when it starts getting to at least a little bit warm in Maine, he just ditches us and goes fishing. So, but Alcantara was named uh forty four percent by forty four percent of fans the ace of the staff, but that was one day before he gave up six runs on eleven hits against the Phillies. So I don't know if he'd be voted that now, but in the beginning of the year, he went eight innings pitched of shutout ball against Colorado.
1: Yeah. But Colorado has been also just as terrible with only 46 runs scored this year. Yeah. Which is a kind of a shocker. I
3: think they're just kind of having a head scratcher start as well.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, they, they actually made the playoffs last year. They made the wild card the year before that, like, uh, Colorado thought they were coming in this year. Good, and they are now almost identical to Miami. Nope, they are identical to Miami. Yeah. Four and 12, 46 runs scored. Yeah, it's bad. Oh
0: it's the hell was that? It's bad, it's bad. It's, it's constructed. Constra- Hello, guys. How you doing? And how do you like my new theme song?
1: Oh my goodness! Uh, it sounded like somebody just vomited through a uh, a recorder.
3: Yeah, it's not a really good song. All they did was say your name. Like the lyrics kind of blow.
0: What other lyrics would you need than my name to introduce me? You just go, Cobstradamus, and then I show up, and then everybody cheers with, uh, you know, lots of exuberance. Don't you think? Actually,
1: can I suggest that you have me yell my name in the middle of it for no reason whatsoever? That seems to work well. I,
3: you know, I'd like to hear that. And you know what? I also don't play enough of. <laughs> <laughs> Th- there's your theme song. God damn it.
0: That theme song's way worse than my theme song. I, I, I think my theme song, I mean, I've got harmonies. All you have is some guy like singing like a girl with an acoustic guitar. That sounds like he's recorded it on a phone.
1: You know, we don't have to get misogynistic on this.
0: Mine? There's, no. We my- don't
1: have to, like, you know, try and put down women by saying he sounded like them. That's rude to all women.
0: Yeah, but everybody knows that men are better singers.
3: No, no, that's not true. I don't, you know, are you telling me that, like, uh, you know, Whitney Houston can do, like, less than Rod Stewart?
0: Rod Stewart is the greatest artist that has ever (laughs) graced this earth. And I don't want to hear another word about it because he's forever young in my eyes.
3: Well, yeah, and Whitney Houston is certainly not... Well, she's kind of forever young. <laughs> she's kind well, yeah. not getting it. any older. Yeah, I mean, Rod Stewart's getting forever old now. Doesn't he yeah. sing, like, the
1: Tony Bennett songs yeah. now? I don't know. He still sings that sexy song. Rod like, think Stewart I'm sexy, gets better like, with
0: age. Oh, in fact, that was my old theme song. If you want my body and you <laughs> think I'm sexy, come on, sugar, give me blow.
3: Oh, my God. I believe it's let me know, not give me blow.
0: Well, you weren't around in 1977 at Studio 54 with Rod Stewart, were you? I was.
3: Yeah, I was three years old. I was not invited. Oh it well, something uh,
1: to do with gerbils? I can't. Oh, yeah, there were lots of
0: gerbils. In fact, it, it, they used to uh, make this incredible gerbil mar- martini. It was really good. Oh, is
1: that when people started butt-chugging?
0: Oh, yeah. It was kind of like you'd felch out the gerbil with martini, and you could get drunk and felch and gerbil all at the same time. It was like really wild days, but that was before, you know. That was during the sexual revolution and before the, you know, the 80s. Got everybody killed. So, uh, you know, as long as we're here depressing everybody...
3: No, I don't want to depress everybody. Why don't you just move on to your poem, Cubs Shadamas, and stop talking about, you know, depressing things.
0: Okay. Here's my poem. After the Cubs beat the Marlins with the bats, and a day at the beach where they relax, they'll do what it takes to drive off the snakes as the Cubs come home to play the...
1: the... The, um... Steve Shep ba- The baby cakes. New Orleans baby cakes. No. Yeah. The, the sea Packs. J- Jake's and snakes and baby cakes.
0: No. I'm just going to tell you because this, uh, I'm just, I'm actually kind of sick. I think you're just messing with me now that you're just guessing wrong just to make me look like an idiot. and I don't really appreciate it. So I'm just going to tell you it's the D-backs, the Diamondbacks. You know, I rhymed the bats with relax and D-Bats and nobody appreciates me. So, you know what? I'm just going to get out of here and I'm going to go find somebody to do cocaine with. song. I
1: can never get the 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 whole limerick rhyming thing. It's, I, it's I always A-A- it's the, I always think it's the two in the middle. No, it's A A B
3: B A. And I think what Cupidamus is upset about is that you just you're not paying attention to him. You know, you're not. You know, he's trying to tell you each week how the rhyme scheme goes, and it's like he knows now that you know nobody really cares about his poems, and maybe people <laughs> are sick of them, and that you know, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of I'm I'm can you tell I'm over Cupidamus? <laughs> I have you, been for a while. You're the
1: last one.
3: Yeah. I guess I'm the final shoot a drop. So uh let's let's end this episode. Um God, I really hope things go well in Miami. I mean, we've got a, it's it's a weird three day road trip and you know then we come back and face the Diamondbacks and it'd be nice to just go, pop out three wins, take Thursday off, come back playing the rain. It's supposed to rain all weekend again, except for Sunday, I think. Easter Sunday. The Lord has risen. So uh sorry, I just had a flashback to my old Catholic church days singing in my mom's choir. Do you ever sing in the choir, Michael?
1: Uh no. I <laughs> never I never sang in the choir. So choirs generally don't like me.
3: Yeah, yeah. So let's TFC here and, and finish this sucker off, shall we? Sure. What
1: do you got? Okay. Well, I told you I was going to refer back to this. So I hope you have a funnier one because mine's not funny. It's just me bitching. Uh, every Cubes. So the TFC goes to every Cubes fan out there t- on Twitter complaining about Javi Baez not running on that foul slash fair ball on Thursday. But nobody pointing out that Benzo should not have been running at all. You know what play I'm talking about? No. With, so –
3: Thursday, I kind of missed. I had rehearsal for my second city show, so I just watched a few highlights,
1: and apparently this was not one of them. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, yeah, it was not a highlight. So, no, Zobris was on third. Uh, I, I think it doesn't matter who was I know on they second. screwed
3: up a scoring opportunity. This sounds like one of them.
1: Yeah, and nobody was on first, right? So, Zobris did not have to run on contact. Javi hits the ball. Down against the ground, maybe it hit his foot, but he didn't run. I know right. what play you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, he didn't run. My thought is that because he just literally didn't run, I think it did just nick his foot, and he felt it, and he just didn't run. He's like, yeah, foul ball. But, be- but because the ball went fair, and then Zobras starts running, that makes it much more of a play. Zobers had no fucking chance of getting home on that play. He not only does he not have an arm to throw in right field, he is not fast. He's not fast either, yeah. <laughs> he is not fast. They threw him out by like, I don't know, two days. People were waiting on him and having like dinner beforehand. And so he's fucking out. And then Javi's still standing there and he's trying to like. Plead his case. that No, it hit my foot, and he gets tagged out for the double play. And Twitter goes fucking nuts yelling at the the Latin player instead of the white player. That's what it looked like to me. I don't know what the fuck is going on, but... Because it turned
3: into a double play in the sixth, then everybody's looking at the radar. So yeah. so what's your TFC? Just everybody? Every
1: Cubes fan that was bitching oh. about Javi. Because... They're blaming that's him That's not a T. Getting, you gotta be specific. For getting a fucking double play put against him, but it was Zobra's fault. Every bit of that was Zobra's fault because otherwise, you know, at the worst, they throw out uh, Javi at first, if that's the way that they are gonna go. But I think if Zobra's not running and there's not a play happening, I think the ump goes, oh yeah, I hit his foot.
3: But right? a TFC is supposed to be
1: one person that said something stupid there was too many of them yeah. there was so many well that I... was my problem with it there was like 8 million and you know i can't respond to everybody so i decided to do it on the show
3: well i i got one really and then i something else to say but um uh you on youtube a uh, a video of mine that i'm uh, for a song that you're going to hear a produced version of right now that i released today about um uh, Kyle Schwarber swinging or not swinging, whatever it was. The it, way it, it's a parody of uh, "Sultans of Swing" by um, oh, yeah. Dire Straits, yeah. And so I did. Uh, it wasn't a swing. Sultans of Swing. And um, somebody commented on that YouTube video. Little Everett Yoakum the Third said, "I don't like parodies."
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just want to announce that to the world. I don't like parodies. Yeah. I'm like, oh, how about that? Therefore, I don't like you.
3: And you know I'm obsessed with Juliana Zobrist. Okay. Oh, yes. All right. So here's from Instagram again. Juliana says, and she looks, you know, she's wearing quite the outfit, and she looks all done up, and she says, I have a hard time admitting when I've been hurt, most likely due to an acute aversion to pettiness. Being an eight on the Enneagram, a forbearance of others, even at my own expense, and falsely believing that strength is the dismissal of anything that could cause another person guilt or require their ownership of wrongdoing, what I've learned over a car title worth of counseling is that it isn't called strength, it's called enablement. So yesterday... Oh, shoot, I missed it. Uh, So yesterday, when my three-year-old told me of someone calling her a name, I asked her if she told them, No, you cannot call me that. Her response was impassioned and honest. I didn't because no was stuck in my throat, Mama. Parents, please, let's be sure that just as we teach yes, ma'am, and first-time obedience, we do not neglect to unleash the no from their throats. True strength is often found in an empowered no. By the way, you are loved, Jules.
1: Oh, you love her so much.
3: I really do. You dream about her.
1: I mean, it's just,
3: she's got all these followers. But what my takeaway was, I'm like, what the hell's an Enneagram? So I took the Enneagram test. I am also a seven or an eight. That's why I'm obsessed with Juliana Zobrist.
1: Wait, what's a 7 or an 8?
3: I don't know. I have to look it back up. I don't,
1: I don't care. <laughs> you just gave me a number. Like, I took, <laughs> I took this test. It said I was a 7 well, or an, an 8.
3: Well, an 8 is like Juliana Zobrist.
1: Oh, like a, maybe a little bit too enabling. Oh, see, I thought it was like sexiness because I'm like a hard four. Just, just rocking it well, with the four.
3: Well, you know, this, this is very much type seven is what they say I most likely am, okay? Um, so um, my basic fear is of being deprived and in pain. So, I mean, isn't that everybody's basic fear? Here's what it says about me. I'm an extrovert. I'm optimistic. I'm versatile. I'm spontaneous. I'm playful, high-spirited, and practical. Um, I also misapply my talents, becoming overextended, scattered, and undisciplined. so uh, this actually sounds
1: exactly like
3: you I know it kind of does, so I constantly seek new and exciting experiences. I can become distracted and exhausted by staying on the go. I typically have problems with impatience and impulsiveness. And at my best, I'll focus my talents on worthwhile goals, becoming appreciative, joyous, and satisfied. So,
2: okay.
3: Yeah. That's, I mean, that's just one of the things. I'm sure there's negative shit, you know, probably the disorganized part. <laughs> but uh, now let's see. So I, I'm going to encourage everybody to find out what your Enneagram is. I, and uh, Juliana yep. Zobra's being an eight is a powerful dominating type self-confidence, decisive,
1: willful and confrontational but yeah, and don't worry when you put in your name and your address and your phone number and your social security number and your credit card number and uh, your date you know date of birth, all that stuff, your mother's maiden name it's just to find out what type of person you are. There's no yeah. other reason they want that information.
3: Yeah, and once you know what type <laughs> of person you are, then you could do everything you can do to fix your goddamn self because I know there's a lot of people out there need fucking fixing. <laughs> and if you need an Enneagram test to know and uh, the, also the sage words of Juliana Zobris to get you through your day because if she can do it, you can do it. And as Juliana Zobris would say...
0: And I was shitting on myself. Hold on. So
1: don't shoot on me. Don't shoot on me. <laughs> I found a TFC for you. One that's much more specific, Danny. Is, is this? Thank you. You, you want to hear? Okay. Uh, Matt Buckman says, Javi doesn't become Javi under any other manager. Hashtag Cubs. That's Michael, stupid. What? That's stupid. Yeah. And uh, the first response is, uh, Michael says, I disagree with that. (laughs) No, 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 like explanation. No, not just, no, I I, I don't agree with you. And I thought that was funny.
3: That'd be funny if you were on a debate team and you, and you, it's like, okay, it's your turn to speak about, you know, do you believe that microbes are the cause of the flu? And you'd be like, I do not agree with that.
1: I love all these, like, I love when people on Twitter just, well, kind of like what yours was. I just fucking basically repeated what you did only with a different tweet. Just the whole, eh, I don't like parodies. I don't <laughs> like parodies. Hey, uh, the thing you just said, uh, I don't yeah. agree with that. All
3: right. All right well, I-, I don't agree with Lyle not being on this show. And just to let everybody know what's up there, um, I, I have to just share before we go our text thread right before we went on air. Uh, You know, Michael said, I'm still ready. Actually more so now. And Lyle said, hi, hold, please. Cops and car crashes. And that's the last we heard of him. And earlier he said, um, uh, he said,
1: he was was at the bar Celtics Celtics still on
3: at a bar headed home after the game. And then later on, he said, Um, we can go late. That's best for me. I still have yard work. So all we know is a Celtics game, a bar yard work and car crashes and cops. And, and, uh, he never showed that's all we know.
1: Yeah. That that's kind of our life with Lyle. We we put together these like word mysteries after yeah. what's actually happening with him So
3: speculate away I'm sure we'll find out sometime this week But until then I bid you all a fine Spagog Spagog
2: It was the bottom of the ninth And Allen had struck out Contreras the tie-in run at third, and Schwarber coming to the plate. Kyle swung at some garbage, thought he walked him. The third base, some said, Schwarber swung away. But it wasn't. No, it wasn't a swing. Well, Kyle got really pissed, tried to fight Morales, the umpire But Javi held him back from trying to attack the man Schwarber was only venting his frustrations With the 40,000 booing fans Because it wasn't, no it wasn't, no it wasn't a swing, no it wasn't a swing, no it wasn't a swing.